Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. This is your fight. You know, sometimes, well, maybe not you, but before some of us were saved, we walked into places and we picked a fight. And then there were times that someone would pick a fight with you. And then you had to make a decision. You pack off, take his aid, or you stand your man. You flight or you fight. Now, I love dogs that don't flight. I never buy a dog that runs away. I'm just talking about a dog, okay? Um, And I think in the hour that we are finding ourselves in, there's a lot of Christians that have lost their stomach, their desire to fight for righteousness. And you have to listen to me tonight. Because the day you are born again, you are born into a battle for your soul, for your salvation, and for the souls of your friend and this generation. Every one of you, whether you like it or not, were born for battle and you're in a fight. You cannot lie down. You cannot sit on the sideline. You cannot say somebody else has to fight this fight because if you do, your family will be enslaved and you will end up enslaved yourself as well. So it's time for the church of Jesus Christ, listen, to arise. It's time for you as a child of God to arise. It's time for you to face this challenge that God has called you to. You may be the generation that will usher in the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic, but if you look at the escalation of evil and uh, what is happening even in religious circle, and I say religion, because religion and Christianity are two vast different worlds, how some of the denominations are now deliberating and are almost there to remove the Our Father and to remove God as Father out of the Bible. First time in 2,000 years that people think they have the right, the audacity to change because of an agenda driven by this world that people may not relate to God as Father God. So now they want to change the Lord's Prayer to our parent who art in heaven, even a step further. And I'm talking about denominations that have been around for over a thousand years are now deliberating this and trying to change the Bible. And we have been warned again and again and again, don't add to this Bible and don't take from this Bible because the Word of God is forever settled in heaven. We have to respect it. We have to conform to it. We have to adapt to it. We have to change to it. We cannot try and interpret God's Word to justify the lifestyle we choose to live. Can I have an amen here tonight? So we want to see a revival. It's going to be on the Word of God. It's not going to be on anybody else's social agenda. And they even want to go so far as to say we cannot talk about Jesus as the Son of God, but as the child of God. Think about it. Our parent who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah, but it's happening under your nose. 
It's happening in your schools where they've taken prayer out. It's happening in your university where they are mocking God. And I'm going to tell you what God is about to do all over the earth. How God's going to bring rulers and principalities down. And now the God, gods of this world will be shamed. Come on. Because the Bible still says every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess of things in the heaven, things on the earth and things under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Come on. If you have two legs, jump to your feet and give this amazing Saviour a mighty praise as a young person. So this is a word for this young generation. And uh, you were saved, you were born for battle. And uh, I have a message I'm working on, and that is, where are the blacksmiths? Because preachers today are preaching for entertainment and not to equip people for battle. And uh, the church is defenseless. The church, Christians, young people are not armed for battle. All they want is another good feeling. And if you're going to battle, you have to be trained to win the battle. You have to understand your weapons. And you have to firstly show up to the battle that you were born for. So... Um, I was listening to Jensen Franklin the other day and he, he wrote a scripture out of the Old Testament and uh, I don't want to go there. I love him. He's radical in America, one of the few radical preachers. And he said, and he's and he, he very similar to the vein that I feel that um, uh, people that are just entertaining the church is bringing a spirit of seduction on Christianity that people do not discern the urgency of the hour. For the first time in the history of America, church attendance has declined to below 50%, below 50% the first time America in God we trust, where people are no longer interested. 70% of millennials have disengaged from serving God. So you talk about a, a revival. A revival is needed among the millennials. A revival is needed among Generation Z. A revival is needed in the generation after that. We need God to wake up young people because some young people are, are in, in, in a deep slumber, in a deep sleep. They are partying. Their friends are going to hell and it doesn't seem to bother them. And that's not okay. It's not okay. So tonight, I'm going to challenge you to get into the fight. You cannot sit on the sideline. You cannot sit on the fence because the fence belongs to the devil. I believe it's the final battle we are facing before the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is for the heart and the soul of humanity. When I talk about the heart of humanity, it's the morality of humanity, which is being uh, deteriorating, which is deteriorating at a rapid pace. And Satan is using his influences, Hollywood, musicians who mock the church and who openly demonstrate satanic worship and you will go stand in a club as a Christian and dance on that nonsense, not realizing you're worshiping the devil when you do that. Realize that this is your watch and you will give account to God for this hour. And that's what Jensen said. He read a scripture and he said, Christians who choose to sit on the sideline when God's kingdom is at stake will be judged one day for their lack of engaging. You were born for this time. Lift your hand and say, I was born for this time. Say it. So I want to talk about Goliath. We know the story, but it's not a little Bible story. Goliath represents a spirit of intimidation. The spirit that is trying to defy Christianity 
our God, our beliefs, our values. It's a spirit that is trying to silence Christians. It's a spirit that is trying to get you into neutral territory. And can I say tonight, there is no such thing as neutral ground. You have to decide, I'm standing this side or that side. I'm for the light or I'm for darkness. There's no middle ground. The middle ground belongs to the devil. Like the young person who sat on the fence and the devil came, people were standing on the one side and uh, the devil came and those people belonged to the kingdom of darkness. He came and fetched those people. And uh, Jesus came to the other side. He fetched his people. And the young person was sitting there saying, oh, I'm okay. Next minute the devil came back. The devil said, you, come here. He said, no, I haven't made a decision. He said, well, you're sitting on the fence and the fence belongs to me. You cannot waver. You cannot be undecided. You cannot halt between two opinions. Come on, if the Lord is God, then follow Him. If not, then follow the bowels of this world. Come on, oh, come on, I need somebody to give the Lord a praise in this place tonight. Come on. You know, some of you have seen your children literally regress under your nose and you're doing nothing about it. You need to do more than pray. Um, when in the Bible, people's children were sitting in their homes and the parents did nothing. They paid the price. Huh? Eli lost his priesthood because his children who were adults committed adultery and he did nothing. So God said, I will deal with you because you allowed them to sin right in your presence. And that's one thing I told my kids, we raised them in the ways of God, but I said, you ain't never coming under my roof and sinning under my roof. The day you decide to get drunk and the day you decide to go smoke, the day you decide to fornicate, you will not do it under this roof. I will throw you out myself. Can I have a parent that say amen tonight, amen. Looking the other way when it comes to your child is not love. Some of you, mamas, you have to become that lioness. And you have to roar. And that girl that's been seducing your boy, it's time for you to have a conversation with her. To tell her, get going Delilah. You've come to destroy the soul of my son. You get on your bicycle and you go. Stop thinking that it's okay for people to destroy your salvation and the salvation of your family. It's time to take a stand for your generation and for your bloodline. So we know Goliath comes, <clears throat> he's a champion of the Philistines. And in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse three, the Bible says, the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. So you're either this side or you're that side. If you're in the valley, you're in a place of indecision. You need to make a decision. Either Jesus or the world, but you cannot be mediocre, lukewarm, and think it's gonna be okay. Because the Bible says, when you're lukewarm, Jesus says, I'm gonna spit you out of my mouth. And when you're lukewarm, you will cost your friends their souls. I know it's a hard word, but it's a true word. Because your life's not about yourself. This battle that God called you to is not for you. It's firstly for your salvation, but then it's for the salvation of others. So Satan doesn't enslave your friends, amen? 
and your relatives and your bloodline. You fight for your bloodline. You fight for your children. You fight for your friends in the university. You fight for the backslider. You fight for the young person that went back into the world. You go after that person in Jesus' name. You fight for the soul of that young girl. Come on, say amen. So the champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath and it, 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 it gives a picture of how big he was. Uh, we're facing many giants. And really what is behind all these giants that we are facing is a spirit of intimidation. He wants to intimidate the children, the people of God and get you to lose your faith in God and your spirit of warfare. In verse 8, Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and he said, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against the church of Jesus Christ and silence the church of Jesus Christ, kill him, David, then you shall be the servants and you shall serve us. We have to see what is behind what is happening in the world. It's a spirit of intimidation. It's a spirit of Goliath. It is a giant that is trying to put his foot on the church. And I want to say this, that people who touch the church must be aware because the church is the bride of Jesus Christ. You don't want to miss mess with somebody's bride. You damage the church of Jesus. It's not going to end well with you. Are you listening to me tonight? Because God will defend Zion. God will defend His church. God will defend you if you will stand for God. So there's a challenge. There's a defiant challenge against the armies of God. And the Philistine says, I defy the armies of God this day, which is what the spirit of the world is doing. Pushing the agenda on every platform, telling us suddenly to change our beliefs, telling us what constitutes a marriage in the eyes of God. Is that too close to truth? Now, am I going to offend some of you here tonight? Thank you. Says one pastor to another pastor. Because we have to deal with this. Suddenly everybody is confused. Pastor Louis, come on, let's have a conversation. Suddenly nobody knows who they are. And I don't judge or despise anybody. But suddenly everybody is confused. Suddenly everybody wants to change the Bible. First time ever. I've been a pastor 37 years. I've never seen it in my life. That the spirit of this world is so strong that it suddenly wants to dictate to the church what we may preach, what we may believe, what is justice and what is righteousness before God? What is truth? What is right? And suddenly every Christian is going back and trying to change the Scriptures to fit in with what this defiant spirit is trying to make the church believe. I want to say to you, my brother and my sister, that the Word of God stands by itself. I want to tell you, my brother and my sister, one day we will be judged by the Word of God. I want to tell you, my brother and my sister, no matter how difficult it is, you have to conform to the Word of God. You have to fit in with God's Word. I'm not preaching against you tonight. I'm not pointing out your flaw, your sin, but I'm telling you, there is one way and His name is Jesus Christ. There is one life and that is the Word of God. And you should not open yourself to the spirit of deception that suddenly 
you and your th three friends no longer know who you are. Suddenly, you have an identity crisis. And I'll tell you why. Because this is being promoted by a defiant spirit to try and mess up the values and the culture of Christianity all over the world. It's time for you to get back to that old time religion, time for you to get your nose back in the Word of God and to believe what God says in the Bible. And my buddy, my friend, my young friend that I love with all my heart enough to offend you tonight, you have to change and you have to get your life to conform to the Word of God in Jesus' name. God will give you the grace. Say Amen tonight. It's like, it's like this world is in a state of confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. And what is behind it is an attack against people, against you, and against your friends. And you are the one that can change the destiny of your friends. You are the one that can say, like I can, like Paul can, who said I was a murderer, but now I'm saved. I was a drug not addict, but I did drugs. I can say it, but I'm saved. I no longer do drugs. I no longer smoke marijuana. I no longer beat up on people two o'clock in the morning. I can say that's what I did, but Jesus Christ saved me. I got drunk every night, but I no longer get drunk because Jesus Christ saved me. Come on. That's what Paul says. Some of you were like that. You were fornicators. You were murderers. You were this, you were that. You were everything else. But now you are saved, you are sanctified, you are justified, you are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You were like that, now you like this. Oh, come on, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not gonna allow the spirit of seduction to lure you back in your old life. We have to fight from our pulpits, not pacify. We have to tell you the truth because Hollywood will not. Look at some of these popular musicians that you're listening to. I hope you've burned all their records because that's what I did. You don't have records anymore. I don't know what you have in any case. But uh, when I got saved, I burned all my junk because I understood that music is one of the greatest voices that Satan has on the earth. And but it's a voice that he tried to steal that's a voice from God that should be in the earth. That's why music is so powerful and our worship is so powerful and, and Christian music is so powerful because it's the number one medium that influences your soul, your emotion and your spirit in every dimension. That's why these people, I mean, I mean, some of the words that they sing are disgusting and their girls dance on that music, especially some hip hop and rap and some music, how women are being portrayed and, and the words and then the girls will go and they will dance on that while, while that message is degrading you and robbing you and telling you that you, 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 you're terrible and you're okay with that. You have to decide where you stand. This side or that side? He says, I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Listen to what God says. He choose life so that you and your descendants may live. You choose life for your family. There were times I had to sit my children down and I said, David, you weren't in church. Tell me why. Then he's 23 years old. 
I said you my son. I raised you not for the world. I raised you for God. Now come here until you don't get back in church and on fire for God, we're not gonna be on good terms because I'm not here to pacify you. I'm here to activate you and to get you to serve God and to be on fire for God. Stop thinking you can be a parent through popularity. Go sit that girl down. Talk saints into her head if you love her. I said, this is your fight. That son that is backslidden, mama, this is your fight. That husband that doesn't want to serve God, lady, that is your fight. That wife that doesn't want to serve God, brother, that is your fight. Your friend that is backslidden, that is your fight. You need to do something. You cannot sit on the sideline and just say, well, he's backslidden. Well, this one doesn't want to serve God. Well, I've changed my opinion about God. How do you change your opinion about God if God doesn't change? If the Bible says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Who do these arrogant people think they are that tell us that we have to change the interpretation of the Bible in the year 2023? If it's the same Bible that was preached 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, we are not doing our parents who art in heaven. We will pray our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Come on, give your Father God a good praise offering. It's like as preachers, we have to tiptoe around issues because people get offended with truth. People send us emails and messages all the time. And they say, what about this? And then I say to my children and to the staff, I say, well, ask them, what does the Bible say? Because I'm not gonna interpret the Bible for you. Go read it. It's like people want permission to disobey God. So, so what must we do in the church? Throw the Bible away. Huh? What should we do? Treat the Bible like a menu. Take a blot, uh, a cokey pen and, and blot out the pieces we don't like. Is that what we should do? I tell you what. The Word of God will save that person. That person may now be mad with you and angry with you, but speaking truth in love, not judging. And you, I have not said anything about anyone. You hearing what you're hearing, because something is bothering you, and I ain't touched anything other than the Bible stands by itself. And you have to fit in with the Bible and not allow the culture of this world to challenge the Word of God and the Word of God is under pressure and preachers are under pressure to change the Word of God so that people can like the preachers. We are not yet to be liked. We are yet to get you out of hell and to get you into heaven. That's why we are here. We are yet to get you saved. We are here to keep you on fire for God. We are here to keep sin out of your life. Are you listening tonight? Like people want us to be agreeable on some things, but then when it comes to other issues, uh, can we say, okay, you're a born again Christian, but you can go murder people for money. 
many of you believe that's okay? Because I was, I was watching a, a documentary on, on all these young people that assassinate people in our country and where they get trained, etc. It's a real, a real challenge. And uh, some of them just spoke matter of fact. Well, it's my job. The first hit I do, I get 5,000 rand. The second hit, 10,000. The third hit, 20,000. Then if it's a political hit, 50,000. And um, some of those people might sit here tonight. Also. So, um, Paul was a murderer. He got saved. Then he stopped being a murderer. Can we agree on that? So if you were a drunkard before you were born again, now you're born again, can you be a drunkard? I don't want to preach on sin. I'm just asking a question. Are you now a born again drunkard? Some of you fornicated with the girls in the world. Now you're born again and you fornicate with the girls in the church. So what are you now? Born again fornicator. So before you got saved, you were a thief. Now you're saved and you're still a thief. Before you got saved, you're a liar. Now you're saved and you're a liar. What changed? I think we baptized you wrong. I think we have to rebaptize you and keep you there for three minutes until you almost die. Until you get so desperate that you realize if you die now, you might not make to heaven and you're going to cry out and you're going to leave your sin there. You're going to leave your junk there. Come on, you're going to leave your trash there. You're going to leave your old life there. Come on, man, I'm preaching a message because I'm fighting for your soul tonight. I'm fighting for your salvation tonight. It's time to wake up and not be seduced by the spirit of this world and not conform to this world. And neither do we judge people. But you cannot lose yourself as a Christian because the salvation of your friends and your relatives and your world is at stake. You are the defender of their souls in Jesus' name. You were born for this battle. Sit down. Let's see. So, 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 when the spirit of the age defeats us, what happens is the people of God will be enslaved. But if we defeat the spirit, defiant spirit, Goliath, we will break the power of Satan over the people of the world. And here's the amazing thing, that when this man, a giant of deception stands up and intimidation because they go hand in hand, deception and intimidation, if you stand for truth, there's a consequence. Well, there's always been a consequence to stand for truth. Ask Jesus Christ, He got crucified, okay? And the early church, they were persecuted for standing for truth. We're not standing against, we're standing for truth, which is the Word of God, the Bible says. So when people ask controversial questions, I've learned to ask them back the same way Jesus did. People asked him, he said, well, what do you say? What is your interpretation of the Scripture? What is the Bible? Don't ask me. I never wrote the Bible. Because you want to use that to attack me. So you're not getting nothing from me. I'm asking you to give me the Scriptures that justify your belief. Full stop. 
end of discussion. Not we are now interpreting the scriptures that you can now be a born again murderer. Let's go to the extreme. No, you can't be. When you're born again, you cannot murder people. You cannot hate your brother. There's certain things you cannot do because you were blind, now you see. You were lost, now you are found. You are born again. You were this side, now you are that side. You were in the domain of darkness, now you are in the domain of God's Son, which is ruled by grace, which breaks the power and the hold of sin over your life. So if you're under grace, sin loses its stranglehold. For by grace you have been saved through faith, it is a gift of God. And grace is powerful. Grace defeats Satan and the hold of Satan over your life. And uh, Paul writes in Romans 5 and Romans 6, he says, Sin shall not have dominion over you because you're under grace and not under the law. So we're not talking about righteous living by applying rules, laws and regulations because when the law comes, sin revives, I die. We're talking about living a life reliant, dependent upon the grace of Jesus, that which Jesus did. And that was to defeat Satan and to break the power of sin because sin will always destroy your soul. Sin will always take you down. Sin will never be your friend. Sin, no matter how pleasurable it seems, will hollow your heart, hollow your soul. That's why you cannot stand by and watch somebody sin and lose their salvation. You have to fight for them. You have to sit that friend down and say, it's not okay. That's the third girl in the church in the last three months that you've taken out and you're fiddling with her. No more. That's not the ministry of laying on of hands. <laughs> no, don't laugh too loud because it sounds like you know what I'm talking about. I'm just playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Just all look like angels. I'm talking to the person behind you. It's like Jesus saved me from what? Dit het gevloek soos een matroos voor je gered is en nou is jy wedergebore vloeker. Is, is this too close to, 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 to reality? Because when Jesus truly saves us, He saves us from something and into something, right? And then our assignment is His assignment to save people. The name Jesus means what? He shall save His people from what? Sin. Because sin destroys Sin produces death. He defeated that. The world tries to portray a life of sin as attractive. Jesus came to save you from a life of sin because it will destroy you. Are you listening to me? Huh? Hmm? Eh? Huh? My mother always said, don't say huh. Okay, Ma. Huh? lovingly, respectfully towards my mother. So when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. How is it possible with all the technology and silver-tongued orators and the greatest exposure of Christianity that the church is growing at the slowest rate ever? And I'm not negative, I'm stating a fact because people are preaching not purpose, people are not equipping people, people are preaching feel-good sermons, 
everywhere. Just feel good. It's okay. God understands. You're okay. Doesn't matter. It's okay. You'll outgrow this. Maybe not. Maybe not. What happens if you do what you do and Jesus comes back for you that moment? Where are you going? Ah. The, the, the deception of youth is you think you still have a lot of time. How do you know? What is your guarantee that you're going to see the end of this year? Tell me your guarantee. What is it your guarantee that you still have time to make right with God? What's your guarantee? What is it? Tell me. You have no guarantee. What you have is now. This moment is what you have. And this is what God gave you. And what you do with this will determine your eternity. Because if you're still in the place in the valley of indecision and Jesus comes for you, what do we say at your funeral? Oh, he was a good young man. But we all know he's a young man that backslid, that wanted nothing to do with God, lost his zeal, lost his fire for God. And you think it's okay. Remember, and I want to say this, parents aren't you, but if you allow your child knowingly to sin and you never address them, because my kids knew, I always told them, there's two sides of your dad. You want to see the nice side, okay? You don't want to see the other side, all right? The side where I had zero tolerance. My, my son saw that once in his life. I said, don't bring out that person. That's not the person that you want to know. But we were in a, in, a, in a battle for about three months where the world tried to get a hold of him. David is fine, serving the Lord. He's a pastor in Johannesburg. It's his testimony, etc. But I said to him, you and me will have no peace until you stop your junk. I will not tolerate it. I'll... <laughs> Almost I said it. And I did lay hands on him once. Not yeah. But yeah. And he fell, not in the spirit. Because I said to my boy, I love you. I'll fight for you. Ons Afrikaaners sê maar so. Ek sal my arm stompies beklaai vir jou. Ek sal my arms afslaan vir jou. And I told my kids, I love you so much, I'll fight for you. I said, not only will I fight for you, I'll fight your friends. I said, I'm all... Um, now, almost I got into my dad mode there, you understand? I said, I'll, I'll, I'll hit them all, get their fathers, I'll hit their fathers, get their cousins, I'll hit their cousins, I'll eat everybody, I'll fight the whole world, but I'm going to fight for your soul, the devil is not going to have you. No girl is going to corrupt you. Nobody's going to steal your soul. I never raised you for the devil. I raised you to serve God. Come on. My brother was like that. He looked out for me when I got saved. He didn't just allow me to, to get saved and get messed up. He was always there. I said, Well, I was out doing street work. Factual. Okay. But he always was over my shoulder because he cared. You care you don't look the other way. You leave people by themselves, you know Satan is going to destroy them. It's time for you to have a conversation with your children, with your friends. 
Time for you to say to your friends, listen, we've gone down the wrong path. Let's turn back to God. Let's turn this thing around. It's not too late in Jesus' name. Come on, let's turn back. Time for you to get the Bible and you read the Bible together with your three friends, with your four friends, with your five friends, and you see what the Bible says and you believe what the Bible says. And no matter how difficult it is, you say, Father, we will submit to your word because we want your salvation. We want to save our generation. We don't just want a lifestyle. We want to be a young man, young man, young woman of God that you can use. Come on, young person. Is there somebody radical here tonight? We're not yet to conform to this world. I mean, young people are conforming. It's part of the problem. Their values are being shaped by everybody else. And suddenly the word is becoming option Z. The word is not option number one. So when you face a challenge, you have to go see what the Bible says. It's not me that are now irrelevant because you are the special generation that need to be treated differently. No, you're confused. And somebody's been lying to you. Somebody's been deceiving you. It's time for somebody to look in the eye, young person, and say, hey, God loves you. God created you fearfully and wonderfully. God has a great future and a great destiny for you. But I know the enemy wants to deceive you and steal the destiny God has for you. I said to a young man the other day, you're one of the most gifted, talented young people I know. Get yourself back with God. Stop messing around. Stop. I mean, sometimes we have to tell people, just stop it. Stop your nonsense. Stop it. What are you thinking? I'm not angry. I'm passionate about your soul and your salvation. Because you may not have tomorrow. You may not have next year. And the longer you go down that path, the more difficult it is for you to to come back to God. The longer you're in that place, the more difficult it is to turn away from. That's why with my children, the deal was, and I didn't have a lot of it, but if things went right, they saw one stance. That's it. You get your life right. And until then, I love you, but we're not okay. We're not okay. We're not even having a conversation. Nee, Buddha. Je kree jou leverig, Maria. Dis dit. Amen. The clapping is getting quieter and quieter. Because some of you are so fired up about the issues that this world is driving and you're not fired up about the truth of God's Word. What the heck is wrong with you? How did you get to this place of confusion? That you would fight for everything that the world is propagating as righteous, but you will not stand for what God's Word says because it may deem to be unpopular. Now, Jesus was a friend of sinners. He never judged. He never pointed out people's sin. But he was very clear to say, I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That the only life that you will ever have is when you receive the light of Christ. 
into your life. Not a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of the world. Not a little bit of the world and try to twist Scripture to fit the Word of God into your belief. Your belief has to be based upon what God's Word says. Otherwise, forget this Christian thing. Forget bringing revival to your generation because when there's revival, there's repentance. When there's revival, there's confrontation. When there's revival, it is the clash of two kingdoms. It is the kingdom of light opposing the kingdom of darkness. And yes, Goliath trying to enslave God's people and the whole church is silent. Saul, a politician, not that any politician is going to help us in any way whatsoever. I think we all know it by now. We need Christians to stand up and change this country. It's the only hope we have. Nobody else is going to do it. So we're waiting for somebody else. It's not going to happen. We are going to change this world. God's going to give you the innovative ideas. You are going to be the trendsetters. You are going to be the pioneers. You are going to build a new economy in South Africa. You have the light and the life of God on the inside of you. You were chosen for this hour, amen, to defeat every giant. We don't run away from these giants. I know people don't like it when I say it, because uh, 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 a lot of people now, if you talk to them, they're very negative about South Africa. And it's like, I want to leave South Africa. Where are you going? Because wherever you go, another devil is waiting for you. Right when you land there, there's another devil. And you may go to Canada, and then you go to one of the countries that are the most antichrist in this world and your children will be robbed and polluted and influenced by that spirit and you lose a generational Christian lineage because you put your tail in between your legs and you ran away from a fight. You have to fight here in South Africa and fight for the future of South Africa because this is our promised land. We are not buying plane tickets and running away from a good fight. This is a time for us to show up on the battleground because God is going to stand with us and God's going to defeat this Goliath and His head, His headship, His rulership, His authority, His voice, His influence are going to be silenced before this great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Listen, you'll see it. So everybody runs away. David comes to his brother's short version because I have to close. And there's Goliath. And he defies the people every day, the same story, day after day, 40 days. He challenges, is there not a man? And there's a shepherd boy. There's a young man, 17 years old. He hears, hears that and something is provoked in his heart. He says, something has to be done. Is there somebody out tonight? They're in Potsdam through him. That says something has to be done. They're in Cape Town. Something has to be done. Is there somebody tonight you are provoked in your spirit about what's happening? You're not going to be a rollover. You're not going to be a conformer. You know, something has to happen in the name of Jesus. Something has to be done. And he, and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he defies the armies of God? And his brother hears him, the older brother, the pacifier the mature brothers in the house of the Lord. He says, well now, let's not get too excited and let's just not get too radical. Let the Lord deal with it. Well, the Lord never dealt with his Goliath for 40 days. God needed to David. God needed somebody to stand up. And his brother ties to silence him and he says, why have you left the sheep, you little nobody? People may think you're a nobody, but in the eyes of God, you're a somebody. Come on, you are a mighty man, a mighty woman of valor. You are called by God. You are chosen by God for this hour. You just have to see it and, and, and bring purpose to your life and, and realize that you were born for this hour. 
And we know Saul hears this, and, uh, but David, when his brother belittles him, he says, is there not a cause? David realizes this battle has to be fought and he's not fighting it for himself. Remember, David is with the sheep. David, at the lack of liver, he put up, he fray starts a flock this, he didn't have a lack of liver. Plus, tells his scarper, goi sy kettie, hy het nie een saak met die wereld nie, dis moes hoe hy kan wees, en nou daar sit, onder die wingerboord, en hy gaan net, my drijwe sap drink, en my bybel lees, my gebekkies bid, en nie een saak met die wereld nie, want dis moes hy gemiddelde christen, die vraag moet gaan het, oh, yeah, ek reis hier, ek het nie kerk nodig nie, Ek lees my bybel elke dag en halleluja. Ek gee my geldkies hier en ek gee my geldkie daar. En, en ek doen wat ek wil. Ek wil. My naam is Henny die Bal. Ek doen net wat ek wil. Ek is hy boer van die vrystaat. Daar van verkeerde vlei. Ek doen wat ek wil. Ek wil, ek wil, ek wil. Ek, en, ek, kerk. Wat is een kerk? Wie gee om oor een kerk? Jy het ons nie een kerk nodig om met jyre te dienie. Lees jy jou bybel, Jan? Pierwit, lees jou. Lees jy die bybel. How do you get to that conclusion that you don't need to be in a church if you actually read your bible? How do you get to that conclusion if you actually read your bible to say you don't have to belong to a church? How? But that's a problem, ignorance. People change the word to suit their little belief. And they live in their little isolation. And they criticize those who are passionate about expanding God's kingdom. And they act like these pious, holy people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I had such a wonderful time with the Lord in my plague, 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 prayer closet today. I'm closer to God than ever. Really? And? Oh, I'm, I receive revelations and, and I walk with the Lord every day. And since I'm not going to a church, I have God talk to me by Himself. And oh, what a wonderful world. What a wonderful world. Let's cut it down. Selfish, self-centered, disengaging, arrogant, obnoxious, totally against everything the Bible talks about. Because you're sitting in your piety by yourself, disengaging, every now and again, for conscience sake, you will stop at a robot and give somebody money and you'll think, I'm okay. We're not changing the world like that. That's not the picture of the church. God is building a church. God is raising an army in the world. God is filling His house with His glory. And Satan has tried to dismantle the church. Listen, young people, you have to fight for the local church. You have to fight for people to come to church and to be part of the local church because that's God's order. That is the order of God not your interpretation of Scripture. That is the Bible. Don't give me where two or three are gathered. That's not the only Scripture in the Bible. 
God sent the members in the church as it pleased Him. The church is the pillar and the ground of all truth. The church is the place where God adds the people. The church is where God raises up the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Every letter in the Bible is written to the pastor of the church, not to the believer in the church, to the pastor in the church. So stop twisting scriptures to fit in with your doctrine. Because it's not okay. You are deceiving other people and you're taking people out of this fight. When Isaiah had time in God's presence, he heard the cry of God, whom shall I send who will go for us? So when people say, I had this great encounter with God, I'm always waiting for the follow on. What is the result of that intimacy? There has to be a pregnancy. There has to be a child, a ministry. You're not intimate with God and you stay sterile, uninvolved, on the sideline. It's not possible. Because God is establishing His kingdom. And I mean, sometimes, and, and we talk about church and every other issue, but I'm so tired to listen to this foolishness of people that don't even know the Bible and they put a post on social media, you don't need to belong to a, ch- ch- a church to be a Christian. Ach, asjeblief man. Gaan sê vir hy baksteen, jy hoef nie, jy is nie een baksteen, want jy is nie in een gebouw nie. Asjeblief, jy kan een baksteen wees, jy kan een dode klip christen wees, sonder om een kerk te wees, maar jy is een levende gesteen, en jy moet in een kerk geplant word, jy moet onder leiderskap wees, dit is Godse methode, that is God's way, God puts the people in the church, you have to find a local church, and get yourself planted in that church, that is God's order, and you're not going to give me a scripture in the New Testament, other than your little famous Matthew chapter, 18 where two or three are gathered together there I am in the midst of them it is not the only scripture every other scripture talks about the local church and the apostles traveling from church to church and the believers doesn't even mention the names of the believers so you think it's so important your name will not even be in the Bible in the book of Acts You're a believer. Sorry. And as a believer, you need to be placed in the body. And serve your function. I I, I watch people that are on fire for God. And then for some reason... They take a sabbatical or a season and you watch how they disengage. Because what are they doing? They're disengaging from God's grace upon their life and suddenly they, they have no motivation to come to church and they actually think that it's better. It's not they have no motivation. They've disconnected from God's grace. Don't you understand it? They've disconnected from God's grace to serve. Now they go sit at home. They sit under a tree and they get deceived more and more and more. You can never disengage. You can never disconnect. This is for life. I said, this is for life. This is for life. Jesus died to give you a spiritual experience every day of your life with fellow believers. This is for life. So we have to fight. Um, We have to fight for, for, for God's local church. We have to fight for people's souls. We have to fight for um, the integrity of Scripture, that Scripture 
cannot be twisted to fit in with what the world rulers, whoever they are, are trying to propagate. We have to stand our ground without judging the sinner because Jesus judges no one. But we have to tell people, what does the Scripture say? Then it's every individual's responsibility and right to choose whether I'm going to conform to the Scripture or not. But outside of the Holy Scripture, you cannot expect the blessing of God upon your life. Hmm. Because we, we, we spoke about order, uh, chaos to order, and, and order is God's kingdom and it's God's word. So as a young person, I have to bring my relationship into godly order. I have to bring my finances into godly order. I have to, to bath every day through the scripture. I have to stand against the spirit of defiance, pollution, um, this Goliath spirit, and I have to be involved. Because when we talk about David, I believe it's a whole generation now that will dethrone the spirit. People that are bold, a whole generation, a David generation that has to stand up and show up on the battleground that are not intimidated by this Goliath, but that actually mans up. And I love this about David. He shows up with what he has, not with what he had not proven, just who he was in simplicity. He availed himself to God and he met that Goliath head on and he ran to Goliath. I love that. He didn't shuffle along. <laughs> he ran. Now, anybody that ever, I'm sorry to say this, it's a very carnal statement, but if you were ever in a fight, you know the guy that hit the first shot normally wins the fight. So you better be quick. While the guy's still talking, the Liverpool kiss has to come or something else has to come very, very quickly because that's how you win. And if he's down, you keep him down, right? So this is what Goliath, what David does. He runs to Goliath. He hurries to Goliath and he takes the sling and he throws it, a skilled shot, and he hits Goliath in the forehead in that place of a headship, authority, the head. And what does Goliath do? He falls over forward. Hallelujah. He bows before the King of Kings because that's what David said. I come to you in the name of the Lord. The battle is the Lord's. This day God is going to give you to me. Come on, church of God. This is our hour. This is our moment. God is going to show Himself strong on behalf of those people that will stand for Him on the battleground. You stand for God. You are going to see an awakening. You are going to see a move of God in your university, in your hostel. You don't have to judge people. You just have to talk about Jesus and shine the light and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and you are going to watch your young friends turn to God. You are going to see a move of God, a mighty awakening in the name of Jesus Christ and you are going to see those defiant spirits, those spirits of witchcraft, those spirits of the Antichrist, those spirits that are trying to defile our young people. They are going to come down. Their headship will be chopped off. They God is going to fall down. They God is going to lose His head. This principality is going to be destroyed by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. And all these devils are going to bow before our God, before our Lord and His Christ, because He alone will reign forever and ever and ever and ever. Give the Lord a mighty praise in this place. Come on. Come on, give Him a mighty praise. Give Him a mighty praise tonight. Come on, Bloodfontaine. Come on. Johannesburg, Pretoria, Cape Town. Give Him a mighty praise in Jesus' name. Oh, give Him a praise, 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 praise. 
praise, praise, unashamedly praise. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him for your child, praise Him for your daughter, praise Him for your son, praise Him for your friend. Praise Him that that devil is losing his power. Lift up the name of Jesus on the battleground tonight. Come on! This is your fight. Stop looking the other way. Stop disengaging. Stop buying time. This is your fight. Your soul is at stake. Your friends. This is your fight. Goliath, the Philistines stood on one side. Israel stood on the other side. The world, I'm not talking about lost people. The defiant spirit of this world, the rulers of this world, he's standing on this side. God, his church, he's standing on this side. And one thing I know in my spirit, you touch the church. It's a matter of time. These political leaders all over the world that mistreated the church during this lockdown, etc. Their days are numbered. You'll see. You'll see. You can touch anything, but don't touch the church. Don't touch the church because the church is what Jesus died for. The church is what Jesus is coming back for. The church is what Jesus is building. Oh, you can touch anything else. Touch a political organization, but don't touch the church of the living God. Don't touch the bride of Christ. Don't touch... The church of Jesus. You want to talk, talk anything. Don't talk trash, but don't talk trash against the church. You'll never see me talk against another church. Never. We are, we are different parts of the body. The church is very special to God. And uh, you mark my words, you'll see in these next three years, our world rulers will suddenly be dethroned and um, governments are suddenly going to be dethroned. Uh, people's political careers are going to be cut short like this. Um, the enemies, the enemies of God will be dealt with. I didn't get there tonight. But the enemies, those people who are plotting against God's people. It's one thing... I might have had a firm hand on my children, but it's a loving, firm hand. But God knows, you touch my kids and my family. My brother, forget me, pastor. I unsanctify myself and uh, momentarily resign and do what I have to do. And then I go to the confession box and seek forgiveness. And I come back as a pastor. We all know, don't touch my children. Do not touch my children. You think God is just going to sit on the sideline and watch this spirit of defiance, this Goliath messing with his children? No. God has positioned his church. God has positioned you. And God is going to move. But he needs a David. He needs a young woman to stand up and to turn back to God with all your heart and to repent enough is enough
it's time to choose. Where do you stand? This side? That side? In the valley. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. No one moving tonight, please. In all our churches. The thousands in Bloomberg and in Johannesburg. What is God saying to you tonight? The more important question is, where are you standing? What side are you standing on? Tonight you're sitting in this place, you say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. If I die tonight, I don't even think I'll go to heaven. Maybe at one time you served God, but you've grown cold, you've wandered away from Him. I'm not preaching this message tonight as judgment. I'm preaching this because through preaching, I'm fighting for your soul. Do you understand that? It's the way God called people to get saved through the foolishness of preaching. You now have to make a decision. There are some of you in this place tonight, you're not right with God, you know it. There are some of you that have been this side, that side for too long. Tonight you need to make a decision. You need to repent. Give your life to Jesus. Repentance is not a hard word. It's a word that means change ownership. Where you give Jesus Christ full access to your life. That's repentance. It's changing your direction, your focus to Jesus. You're sitting here, they're in Cape Town, in Bloomington, Johannesburg, in Potsdam, Valdriuk, Feifuk, you sit off an aunt, and you don't believe it. God brought you here tonight, even though a friend invited you because God wants to save you. And tonight you say, Pastor, it's me. I need a fresh start with God. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to get things right with God. If that's the cry of your heart quietly while every head is bowed, every eye closed, that's your desire. That's your cry tonight in your heart of hearts. I want to get my life right with God tonight. If that's your desire, quietly wherever you are, just raise your hand, please, quickly. Slip it up high. I want to say a prayer for you. Raise it up. Raise it up. Up, 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 up. Raise it up. Thank you. God bless you, bless you, bless you. Many hands everywhere. God bless you, bless you, bless you. Raise it up. Forget your messy longship. Forget I pursue longship. Lift your hand tonight. Say yes. There's a fire burning in your heart. God's talking to you. One more time before I pray. You've not yet raised your hand. Slip your hand up. Finance voeling in your heart. God praat met you. Weer het. God praat met you. Is gerik in your heart. Van harte vanavond. God praat met you. In Brandsie. Echt my lieber. Echt kreem reere. Vanavond. God gaan jou help. Hy gaan jou red hier sy genade. You can't change yourself. God's grace will change you. I love you enough to be truthful to you. Jesus fought for your soul 2,000 years ago. You have to accept Him tonight. Last time. Before I pray, you say include me in that prayer. Slip your hand up quickly. Raise it up now as I look quickly. Slip it up in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you. God bless you up there, all those hands up there. God bless you, bless you, God bless you, bless you everywhere. Stand with me, please, all over in this place. Please, no one moving now. Don't leave now. It's too, it's too holy and too important. All our churches stand with us. Many, many of you have raised your hands. Uh, no man can say Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. God's touched you, and tonight God is going to save you, and God is going to break whatever it is that has to be broken over your life. All you have to do, and I mean all you have to do, 
is give your heart to Jesus Christ. You come in the condition that you are. You don't first clean yourself because you cannot. You come and you give yourself to Jesus. Listen, if I look at my life before I got saved, I never ever thought to change anything about my life. I thought I was okay. And kijk om maat, ek was nie okay geweest. En laat ek nou baie duidelik en recht het vir jou sê. Want ek het groot geword, ek sê dit nou in Afrikaans, in een verrechtse Afrikaanse wereld, wat jylle jongmense nie eens verstaan nie, want jylle jylle wat nie in apartheid geleef het nie, weet nie hoe dit was nie. Dit was nie okai gewees nie. Nou ek was die kant gewees, rechts, 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 verkeerde kant. I needed to be saved. Anger, violence, issues, alcohol, marijuana, mandrakes, filthy language. You say it, it was part of my life. Never ever did I plan to change my life. Ever. I didn't. But I came to a little meeting and something gripped me. And when I called on the name of Jesus, He saved me. Some of you may think this word has been hard tonight, um, but you need to hear what I said. I'm not against you. The church is a hospital. Anybody is welcome. But God's word can never become a debate. Ever. Ever. You're not ready to conform to it. Don't give up. You keep coming to church. And I pray that somewhere God's word will persuade you to change your ways. When Jesus enters your life, He brings salvation, illumination. And when you spend time in the Word, you find out, number one, who you are and what God's purpose is for your life and what Jesus did for you. There cannot be Christianity without the Word. It's not possible. We're not Christians and we follow another Word. We follow the Word. And as unpopular as it may seem, it is the only catalyst for revival. Because compromise will not attract God's presence. But when God comes, He's very merciful and loving. He will love you into submission and change. So this word tonight, for some of you, were very direct because you've been doing the same thing for too long now. You needed a wake-up call. You need to be shocked out of your slumber. For others, you're on a journey which is very difficult. You stay close to Jesus. You pray to God and God Himself will teach you and lead you. Not your friends. Not your friends. Not your friends. You spend time with Jesus. Yes, the thing, and I said it this morning, He understands you. He knows you. He understands every struggle you're going through emotionally, whatever you are facing. He's very merciful. But when we come to God's kingdom purpose, we have to be very radical in our stance. Or the spirit of the world will infiltrate the church and the message of the church will become diluted and polluted and have no power. 
So when we preach the gospel, we're not preaching against. We're totally highlighting the remedy for all sin and for every emotional, physical, mind, whatever it is, struggle that you are facing. You get yourself in the church of God. You get yourself in God's presence. And if what you are doing is wrong in the sight of God, then stop it. Because you cannot say, Lord, forgive me, and tomorrow you just go do the same thing again. It doesn't work like that. You have to stop so that God can actually complete the process of sanctification in your life. You know, um, when revival broke out in Bloomington, people were so radical, um, they broke, I don't know how many homes I was in those days, people. So I'm not against that. But people got so radically safe because a lot of those people that we, we led to the Lord in Lady Brand and uh, the farming community and also in Bloemfontein was groot drinkers gewees. Was daar in die party, partijkies. They will keir die jylle nabeek. En hulle het allemaal hierdie kroeg gehad. Stinkhout. En uh, swarthout. Dan is hy ding gebou. Dan keir allemaal daar die jylle nabeek. You know how many of those people, without me saying a word, smashed, went there themselves, and they smashed those bars. As jy weer daar kom, kyk hoe pel, en hy is a kroeg, Hy het om sommer self gaan, um, uh, altaar gemaakt van hy kroeg. He went himself and he, because that had a hold on him. Might be beautiful, but it had a hold on him. So he had to go and, 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 and destroy it. I had to get rid of my stash when I got saved. Right? I didn't get saved and still... I was going to go to church, but then I got high. I was thinking about going to church, but then I got... Bob Marley, I got high. I got rid of it. And music has an amazing way to trigger us as well. Because a song can take you to a place. get rid of that stuff fill your house with the word of God I'm not being religious here fill your house with God's word fill your house with praise and worship fill your house with the word of God some of you listen to a song like because it's that boyfriend that left you three years ago but you've already had three boyfriends since him and you're still crying about that boyfriend because that song makes you think about him and then there's another song that makes you think about the other one and another one that makes you think about the other one so let's do this full on amen come on you can do it full on you can and you will put your hand on your heart we have to close put your hand on your heart say this tonight say Lord Jesus I give myself back to you I repent from all sin and I surrender my life to you. 
Please wash me in your blood. Give me the power to be a child of God. I believe that you died for all my sin. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you're alive. Tonight, I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for a new beginning, for a fresh start. I'm your child. I'm forgiven. I'm born again. I present my body to you. Use me for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Come on upon the profession of your faith. Your sins are forgiven you. No judgment, no condemnation. But you have to go and sin no more. You've been set free by the power of God's grace. Walk in that grace. You have to walk in that grace, young people. This generation, you have to be radical. My generation, we brought revival. We were radical, full on for God. You have to be radical. We were 25, 30, we built churches, cash. There wasn't 40, 50 year olds in the church then. We did it, young people. We took the burden. We made it happen, 25, 30 year olds. Nobody was over 35 year old. And we changed Bloemfontein, launched out in Pretoria, all over South Africa, etc. as young people, black and white. Just on fire for God, radically saved. Believing we can change our world. And we still believe it. And you as a generation have to pick up that baton. You have to begin to lead the charge radically. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.